Listen, I didn't come up with that name for myself. Yeah. I'm not judging you. Know I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to I'm going to start sharing. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to oh, well, let the music play a little bit while they come in, while you're sharing then. Go ahead and yeah, do your thing. I'm not going to be judgmental. I'm just going to put it in some papers. <laughs> you know, you're not going to be judgmental. Oh, my God. This, this might be a good conversation. When I, but it's no, gonna be, no, no, no. It's going to be a great conversation. I am a... Uh, I'm a uh, fan of the Avengers. Black Widow is in a scene and telling somebody she has too much red in her ledger. Like I've done too much wrong. So I always say I've got way too much red in my ledger to be judgmental. Well, we, uh, hey, I think this might be a good conversation. And uh, since we got like 12, 12 people have already moved and came into the chat, I need to go ahead and. Uh, and I pre- first of all, thank you for coming on tonight. But I need yes. to set some ground rules up front, if you don't mind. Can I set some ground rules? Yes. Can I please set some ground rules real sure, quick? Sure, please do. You wanna fuck? I can't fuck with you. You bad. I can't fuck with you. You ain't nobody. No. Yeah. Okay. That's you want? Yeah. That's. I want to let people know I don't argue. <laughs> do that arguing thing you know what i'm saying so you know we can we can discuss all day you know what i'm saying we can empower one another you know we can share we can share our ideas you know what i'm saying this is not a a bashing session where it's men against women or women against men but it's the human race right and uh and i appreciate you uh for reaching out to me and uh the more we've talked in the last couple of weeks you know we've uh seemed to have similar visions and uh so so i appreciate that I appreciate yeah. it. Tell everybody who you are, Miss Lakeisha. Well, I am uh, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Uh, my friends tend to call me, or I minister most of my people call me LMJ. I, um, I'm just here. I, uh, I don't even really necessarily want to talk about my calling ministry, but that's where I am. That's who I am. Coffee and Conversations Daily Devotional. You can catch me Tuesday through uh, Friday at 6 a.m. Monday, we do something called Replay. I'm an author. I have two books I've published now. I have a publishing company, LMJ Inked. Just dropped a new book. I got to give a plug, 30 Days of Prayer for Your Children. So just kind of there. But I'm a mom. Oh, my God. Like, I love being a mom. Um, At one point, I was a wife. I am now widowed. for nine years. Okay. So I have been married, been single, 
um, you know, back to um, being single again. So we're here. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I'm glad we connected. It's funny because we've been friends for a while via social media. Uh Um, But recently I had just been seeing your post, you know what I'm saying? Seeing what, seeing what you were about. I'm like, okay, I'm interested in what's going on here. And then you dropped some questions that made me go, okay, let me, this is thought provoking. Let me see what he has and what he's saying here. So I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful you um, called me in and the more that we've gotten to talk I'm just excited. You're a really dope dude. I'll consent to that. Oh, you're a really dope dude. And I'm just I'm working on I'm working on accepting compliments. So y'all got to pray for me. That's one yeah, of my that's exactly. one of my traumatic things. And we talk that we, you know, you always bring up the trauma issues and people yeah. responding from places of trauma. Yeah. I'm working on listen, everybody. I'm I'm I am a uh I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a forever under construction. I like to say that I'm forever yeah. under construction. And yeah. one of the constructs is uh of course, and we'll talk about this as we get into the conversation. And y'all understand, we, we're both preachers, so yes. we got to be careful doing these soliloquies, you know. So we're gonna try to keep this is listen, l- listen, LMJ. Yes, <laughs> this is. You, I appreciate the fact that you. I appreciate the grace you give me as far as being in the mask, accepting my my. I, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm with yes, you. but um, listen, this is not an interview. No, it's not right. No, so this is a conversation. Yeah, this yeah. is a conversation, and yeah. everybody's in the chat. Do two, do me two favors. Well, do me three favors. Number one, let me know where you're listening from. And do yeah. that for me first. Okay. Number two, share this thread because it's yeah. gonna bless you. Yeah. And number three, um, what's the third thing I want them to do? Uh oh yeah. Y'all, you all participate in the conversation. Absolutely. Not necessarily with hey, us. Thompson. Not necessarily because we might mm-hmm. not see all of your comments. Yeah. But communicate with each other. Yeah. And let's share ideas. You cool yeah, with that? Like you cool with that, LMJ? Yeah, absolutely. Because one of the things that I want to preface since you brought up trauma um, is give the conversation a chance tonight um, because um, your your trauma, the things, the issues you've been through a lot of times, that's what we respond out of. Right. Because we've had so many experiences. So we respond from that place. And a lot of times, as soon as we trigger, we'll shut down and we won't give what someone is saying a chance. And I want you to give this conversation a chance because there may be something that is said here that could perhaps help you. James and I both have an omission of seeing our communities healthy, healed and hold, seeing strong families, seeing strong women, strong men. One of the things we consented to very early was how tender and responsive it was important for us to be to each other as just friends. Like, yeah. hear me, I'm going to hear you, right? He uses the word grace. Thank you for extending me grace. So I'm just, I'm thank, thanking him for extending me grace. Thank you for sharing your platform with me for as long as the Lord allows us. And then I want to be real careful for people who don't know me, have never experienced me. I'm not real churchy. <laughs> uh, um, I love God with all my heart, but I say what I feel. Um, transparent. Transparency and vulnerability has been how my platform, the platform, well, I don't even want to use platform, I don't even like using it, but where God has brought me and what God has called me to has always been from a transparent space. Mm-hmm. Um, you can ask me anything. I promise to answer you the best of my ability. Uh, we don't have all the answers. And a lot of times I'll share what I know to be my truth 
which may not necessarily be your truth, but you can definitely glean from what we're going to give you tonight. Exactly. And this, and listen to you all in the chat. This, this is the intellectual stew. We, we, I was doing it every Monday. Uh, my father went through a traumatic experience about two months ago and I had to fall back for a minute and, uh, and really had to reapproach. And so yeah. when, when LMJ reached out to me, you don't realize it was a, it was a, it was a Jesus speaking to Lazarus moment. And you helped, oh, well, you yeah. helped, you helped move a stone, uh, that, oh, well. that, uh, I was kind of hot. You know what? I mean, let me, this is ministry for me. Yeah. It, no, it's, it, it's very, it's very non-practical ministry. Right. Yes. And I don't, I don't yes. play with it. I don't play with yeah. it. So there's always, I always want something to come of it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it got to a point where yeah. it almost started to become entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And people come in yeah. to look for, you know, I don't want to argue. I'm not going to argue. But I, I think I told you one time, I don't argue with nobody I can't fight. Yeah. So I don't yeah, argue yeah, yeah, tell me that. I yeah. yeah. And I'm going to say, I have an okay mentality. If you're trying to push me somewhere, I'll say, okay, it's not that I don't want you. You get to share, I get to share. But I have like, oh, okay, well, if you know, <laughs> that's what you believe. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm good with that one. What are you yeah, right okay. here? Okay. And, yeah. not, and that's not Kappa sign. That's okay. Like, Buck, we okay. I mean, whatever it is, because I, I promise you, I don't, I'm not going to fight you. And, okay. and I will give you a quick okay. Yeah. But let's let's get into this conversation. Uh, let's get into this conversation. Let's get. Uh, I think you did that, Rodney. Rodney Sean Moore said, "Your rock, LMJ. Your story helped me after my wife of 19 years died of breast cancer." Let's put that so on thank the screen. You, thank you for let's thank you. For that. I appreciate that so let's much, Rodney. And let's acknowledge a few people. We got Michelle Washington. We got Lady Karen Hayes. We got Avery Thompson. We got Lamar Hawkins. We got Kedra Deadman. We got uh, Monique Weathers. All you all are listening. Appreciate you all. Appreciate you yeah. all. And like I said, we're going to get into this conversation. Listen, we have no agenda. And we did that on purpose tonight uh, because this is going to expand into something larger. Uh, uh, it's going to expand into something larger. She and I are talking about that and letting the Lord de develop it. But yeah. uh, but tonight is going to go where it goes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, and and I'm cool with that. But let, let's let's start where we started. Um, those that don't know me, my name is James Kirkland. I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. I've been in Atlanta for 27 years. I moved here. Uh, in 1995, got married in 1998, stayed married until 2019. After all those years, I got a divorce and uh, it devastated me. It uh, it caught me totally off guard uh, and, 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 it, and it put me back out here in this single world. Um, did I want a divorce? No. Uh, sad reality is, Lakeisha, like a lot of men, what I did was I grew up in the marriage. And when you grow up in the marriage, and let me get, let me say this, uh, let me say this. When you grow up in the marriage, sometimes growth involves growing pains. And because growth is always happening, you grow together, you grow apart, you grow in different directions. The challenge is for married couple, and I learned it too late, LMJ, but the challenge is to figure out how to manage the growth, right? And if you manage the growth properly, then you'll grow together, right? If you manage the growth wrong, you might grow apart. And you'll look up 15, 20 years later and whoever you, you know, y'all sleep in the same bed. Y'all ride the same car to church, but you've grown apart and the wedge is there. And if yeah. you don't do anything to fix it, yeah. then you're stuck with the choice. Do you amputate or do you rehabilitate? And a lot of times because it's so challenging it's so strenuous to rehabilitate. The easy thing to do is amputate. And so yeah. here I am, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I deserve everything I get. Don't get me wrong. I own up 
to my mistakes. I mean, I, I, I fall on the, I fall on the altar. I did it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's left me where I am. Right. Yeah. So I'm divorced. I'm, I'm single because of divorce. Yeah. You're single for another reason. Tell me why you're single. Um, 2014, my late husband who was born with sickle cell anemia had gone into liver failure. And I don't like to even say that sickle cell robbed him of his time because he was a man that lived in purpose. And when he started making this transition in, God had begun to really dialogue and have really deep conversations. So um, when he made his transition, he really um, left here with his life being fulfilled. So what I share now, because I'm in a different space in life, I'm healthy. I no longer regret he left. Um, what I share now is um, we fulfilled our time together. Oh wow! Um, he was my assignment in that season. I, I'm a true believer that marriage is an assignment um, that comes from God. If somebody is not faith, I can dialogue that a little bit different. I'm not a person that thinks things are happenstance. I think everything is provincial, that God is leading us into providence at all times. So now that I'm healthy and I'm healed and I'm whole, whole and I'm ready for love again, like I'm in a space to know that I completed that assignment and I have no regrets about my time with him. There were so many lessons bought. I grew so much after he was gone. And it wasn't my choosing. Like if I could have kept him and left him here, I would. It would have been very selfish. Um, I think he knew that he wasn't going to be healed on this side. He had asked me if there's some things that I can do to stay around. And I had to make a, a, a mature decision uh, to not leave, not leave or go into a space of wanting to be selfish to have here or him or letting him go be with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I said, no, babe, you do what's best for you um, to go be with our Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm single because that's the path that the Lord had for me. The Lord knew that this was going to be the plan all along. Um, I didn't want to accept the plan at first. Uh, but the more that I came into the reality of just how God, divine God is, now I'm completely at rest with what happened and secure in what, how I know God is going to absolutely divinely align my future. That is so deep. And I want to unpack that now. Yep, I mean, I'm, I'm very, I'm very exegetical in my conversation. So if you say something that sticks out, yeah. we're going to go back and talk. And I, like I said, don't let this be a, an interview. Y'all please, if it starts to an interview, y'all check me, please stop. It just don't Absolutely. Argue. But, uh, you said that you said after you uh you kind of accepted what God because I'm I'm sure you, there was a period of anger I'm sure there was a period of questions I'm sure there was a selfish period if it's a if it's okay to call it selfish it but but when God gave you the grace and I love that word grace when He gave you the grace to realize that it was an assignment <laughs> and that everyone that has an assignment the purpose is to complete the assignment, right? I had, I had, I had a professor, uh, Professor Johnson Alvarado. I never forget. I wrote this paper and I worked hard to write this paper, right? I worked hard to write this paper and I turned it in and, uh, and, but I misspelled his name in the email. And so he never got it. So when yeah. I got, when, when I didn't get a good grade, I asked him, I said, why didn't I get a grade? He said, well, I didn't grade on, you know, content. I graded it on completion. Woo! And so that blew my mind. And I said, well, I completed it. He said, well, I didn't get it. You know what I'm saying? So that, so when you look at your marriage, it, the contents were there. I get it. Jay. But for you to say that you completed your assignment. I'm, I'm done. Go ahead. 
No, keep going. So let me say, this <laughs> yeah. is a conversation, not an interview. So let me act like my normal self. Excuse me, sir. Be yourself, me, please. Excuse me, sir. Let me jump in here for a second. Um, when we talk about assignment, I need to, I, I like to define things. I'm a definition person. Assignment is actually in this context, an attribution of someone or something as belonging. So my husband and I belonged in the social position as husband and wife until death did us apart, right? So this is, I don't want to, because sometimes we hear word and they trigger us. We'll hear a word and we'll hear assignment. Well, you make it sound like it's a task or work and marriage is work, but God drew us into a position where we socially belonged to each other. And wow. the covenant that we committed or we agreed to was to be until death did us part, right? Yeah. Um, let me tell you this I did not recognize, hey Sandra, that marriage was an assignment really until the last few years that I started becoming whole in my singleness um, because there are so many wrong thought processes to what marriage is, right? There are so many stories and fairy tales of being rescued and all these other different things that we believe about marriage, right? That if until you are, especially in your singleness, sitting in a place where you understand the nature of God for me, because I'm a faith person for somebody that's not a faith person, they may not get it or who, who hasn't walked that deep in their faith until you understand the nature of God, the character of God and how God does things, then you will, you will live in a false reality of the fairy tale when the truth is what God may have called you to it's higher than your way of thinking. Mm. It's higher than your way of being. It's higher of your way of positioning yourself. I said this to you earlier. I don't want you to tap that yet, but the prophetic, and we, we you know there's a lot of prophetic symbolism, but if the scripture was written in truth, what if God asked you, Hosea, to marry Gomer? If you don't know the story of Hosea and Gomer, Hosea is the prophet, the priest, Gomer is the prostitute. What if God calls you to for the honor of kingdom, Ooh, for the honor of whatever. When I married Jermaine, I knew he was sick. When I married Jermaine, he didn't come to the table. He was living at home with his mom. When I married Jermaine, he didn't have a whole lot of income. But at the end of the day, I knew God. And it was God's voice. And it was God's word. And it was him who brought me into saying, this is an assignment. This is a belonging. This is a social position That's good. that you're bringing me to. And I'm going to either, I can walk away from this. We can always walk away from assignments. I want to be very clear. I could walk away from this, but I know for a fact that this is what you've assigned me to. And what I'm going to do is take this and run with this because I would rather obey you than be out here living life on my one, my own accord. Yeah. Okay. You, 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 you've done something now and, and, I, and I appreciate this. Ah, this is the kind of stuff I like this kind of stuff. I like. So let's talk, we're talking, right? So yeah. let's get, let's get into this whole issue of, uh, because you said you had an assignment. Yeah. So you completed the assignment, you served yeah. the assignment until death did you part, all those types of things, yeah. right? So, but but there's this whole, and you, then you also use the term, let me, I, I tried to type it down, I might have missed it, because I don't take notes, I need to do better. 
you talked about something about the false reality of a fairy tale or something like that, because people put these images and ideologies and all of these types of things out there. Right. So there's this image of a soulmate, you know, so everybody thinks that they have one soulmate. And, and I've learned recently, you know, because I used to think, you know, everybody got, you know, I, you know, you got this one person that's for me. But what if that one person misses it? Or what if that one person in your instance, the Lord takes them early? You understand what I'm saying? So I ask a question. Is there one soul mate or is there one mate that satisfies your soul? So I, for me, believe there's one mate that satisfies your soul. I don't necessarily believe to see my y'all roll with me for a second before you start judging me. I don't necessarily, as I've matured in relationship, believe that we have a particular soulmate. However, Mm -hmm. I do believe connection and chemistry and other qualifiers may be more present with one person than it is another. If And how I just came to the conclusion, if having just one soulmate was real, then when my late husband died, I would never have had the desire again to be married, right? And I have a friend who's told me she'll never get married again. So perhaps for her, that was her journey. But for me, then that means my evidence of marriage, of relationship and everything would have died at Jermaine. And that hasn't been, that isn't my truth. That isn't the truth in the circumstance. That isn't the truth. I have a desire to be married again, um, I have a desire to be in relationship again. So I think we have to preface, like, is there only one person for me? Because what if somebody says, somebody just, I ain't doing this because they are scared or they afraid or whatever else. So I don't think we just get one soulmate. I just think we are in a position that we find someone that satisfies our soul, someone we can do life with. We understand nobody comes to us perfect. We understand um, people will have things and come with baggage, right? Um, we understand. Teresa down here says she don't believe there's one soulmate either. So and ask I, everybody. Ask why you why you're saying that. Ask you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, everybody, answer that answer that question. That, that's the question I want to ask the room. Do yeah. you believe you only get one soulmate? And you keep saying yeah. what you got to say, LMJ. Keep on going. Yeah, and so is it. Melinda just said. I remember someone said they didn't remarry after losing their spouse because the pain didn't think deep, they was too deep and they didn't want to experience that loss again. Now, hold on, Melinda. I was that person. Like when my late husband first went to be with the Lord, I never wanted to be in another relationship ever, ever, ever. I had said I was gonna do my kids, do ministry, take care of my grandsons, and that was wow. it. And then one day I was sitting on the floor. I'll never forget this. I was in my room just worshiping God, minding my own business. And when the Holy Spirit speaks to me a lot of time, hey, cousin Alicia, when the Holy Spirit speaks to me a lot of time, he gives me a um, scripture. Well, I kept hearing this verse in my head, had no idea what the verse was, had never talked, had never dealt with the verse. And I keep hearing the scripture in my head. And it it says, young widows should go get married, right? So I'm like, young widows should go get married. So I, anytime I hear something and I know it's the Holy Spirit, um, I, I do what I'm doing right now. I go search I go search it up. So it's 1 Timothy 5, 14. It says, so I counsel younger women to marry, to have children, to manage their home, and to give the enemy no opportunity for slander. Okay. So when I interpret this, I'm like, because I like to paraphrase stuff. I like a little hip hop. I'm like, basically, I need to go get married. You're saying I look need to get married or I'm going to tear the church up. 
Girl, you better go get married. Are you going to tear the church that's up? what it says. That's what it says. Tell me the scripture again. It's First Timothy 5 and 14, right? And he says, I advise you. And I was like, man. So when I got that in my spirit, the Holy Spirit speaks. He's like, like the word, through the word, the people, through whatever. And I said, so I paused myself and I was like, okay, Lord, what are you saying to me? And then the next scripture he brought me to was Genesis 2 and 18. Um, I didn't mean for man to be alone. I created him to be a suitable helper. And what he impressed in my spirit was uh, you're a suitable helper. Lakeisha, you were called to be a suitable helper again. And so from that point on, at first I desired, let me, I need to back up something because I want, I want to be real. I want to give folks no fake stuff. I want you to understand where I was when my husband died. Mm-hmm. When he died, I really wanted to be married. I didn't want to be married. And then another part of me came into a season where I wanted to be married and I wanted to be married quickly. I was looking for a spouse. I was looking for a mate because I was sick of being alone. And the problem was the very first time that I got married, when I got married, I got married um, because I really thought my husband was going to save me. Like, I thought my husband was going to save me. And because I thought he was going to save me, I was in a place and a position that I was looking for another savior. And I didn't really understand that there was not but one savior. <laughs> one. So my 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 miss I misconstrued what God intended for marriage, looking for um in a position again, anxious for a mate. Wanting another mate because I thought when I got married, my husband, he was going to save me. He was going to save me for myself. He was going to save me from finances. He was going to save me from, I'm just going to be real. He was going to save me from all the things that I was facing. So when I married him, that's what in a hidden piece of me still believe that. So when I started getting anxious about married, being married again, again, I was looking for somebody else to save me from me because there were a lot of, there were a lot of things that I didn't want to face about me. I ain't, there was some stuff I didn't want to face. So when you have someone else with you, instead, instead of you got someone else with you, then you really don't have to deal with yourself. That's good. If something's going wrong, you can put the blame on the other person, right? Or you can d- d- dive into saying, well, here's the problem with that. I ran into love. And when you run into love, it do something different inside of you. See, oh, oh. I'm just being real, James. I, I was not the person together. My late husband was. Okay. I was not the person together. I was a hot mess. Wow. So I ran into love. What I read, I, what I thought I was looking for, I didn't. I didn't necessarily get. But what I ran into was the love of God. Somebody, no matter my past. No matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, no matter what I look like, no matter the two kids I had, no matter the financial situation, no matter whatever else, ran right into someone who said, come here and let me love you exactly where you are. Like, let me take your brokenness, the fragments of you, your bad attitude, your slick mouth. Let me take all that you got and I need to love you exactly where you You are. You didn't do all that, did you? You didn't do all that, did you? I was a hot mess. No. I was a hot, I was a hot mess. Let me, let me take, let me take. And I had some beginning and some budding 
and I'd, be, I'd already been called into ministry in a hot mess. I mean, I'm just being honest. So when I ran into love, his love, his ability just to love me, just to show up and love me, what that love began to do was, was it began to tear down and break down uh, all kinds of thought processes and ways that I operated in um, that were not necessarily healthy for me. And so a lot of times, and we let me say this, the, the, there ain't no perfect marriage. No. And we had conflict and issues all the time. But his love for me superseded a lot of the ways of how he handled me. He handled me in grace. He handled me in mercy. Um, he handled me in forgiveness. And he did some stuff. Now, we got some stuff that, that I probably can't go have go with me when I get married again, right? There were some things that he did that was not like love. But the things that he gave me in my most broken spaces were what I needed to grow up, to be groomed, to change, um, and to mature into the woman that I am today. Well, let let, let me say that. Let, let me let me do this again. Uh, first of all, if you're enjoying this conversation, guess what? Somebody else will. So if you've not shared it, please share it. Uh, another thing is, if you see that the bottom of the little star thing, if you would like to support this platform by sending stars. We'd appreciate it. Got some other things. We're definitely, Keisha and I, we're going, we're, this is, this is a God thing. So I appreciate it. And another thing, I want to appreciate your husband uh, for teaching, for uh, lending lessons from heaven. Thank because you. even though he's no longer here, he's been gone yeah. nine years, he's still teaching lessons yeah. uh, from where he is because it's yeah. the things that you've shared about him to me. I believe will make me a better husband because I will get me. I'm not, I'm not angry at the institution of marriage because I became a better man yeah. uh, in my divorce. You know, I tell you about my little book I'm writing and all, my little process yeah. after my divorce. Yeah. And, and then coming out here and seeing how things are now. Yeah. Compa- you know, when I got married, they barely had a cell phone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It wasn't no dating yeah. sites. Yeah. And yeah. Wasn't all these reality shows talking about Real yeah. Housewives and people not even married. Yeah. And we're using them as, as the standard, right? Yeah. And yeah. people that need to be the standard, right? Yeah like yourself people that have stories to tell people that have endured uh the consumer reports published a study showing 95 percent of supplements on the market are contaminated and contain magnesium stearate which decreases absorption and increases a toxic material in the body which has a lot of pesticides in it many companies are labeling it as a vegetable steroid central silver has at least three dyes that are listed on the national cancer list as a potential osmogenic. Most of the minerals in it are in the form of oxides. Oxides oxidize the body. That means they rust the body out. At Immune Wellness Pharmacy, you will receive supplements that are dispensed in glass bottles. They're vegetable capsules with no additives, no dyes, no fillers, no preservatives, no magnesium stearate. To know your body is absorbing the nutrients it needs Stop Immune Wellness Pharmacy. That's pharmacy with an F. Go to immunewellnesspharmacy.com to shop now. Immune Wellness Pharmacy, restoring optimal function to the human test and the trials and that are willing that are willing to say, you know what? When I look in the mirror, the front mirror and the rearview mirror, I was a mess. You know what I'm saying? And I'm willing to say that. But that was my testimony. Yeah. And my testimony produced who I am now. Yeah, and who absolutely. I am now is so much better 
than who I used to be. But thank God for yesterday because I Absolutely. and I, I, Keisha, I tell them every day. I, every day I become a little more me. Yeah, and and, and I'll be more, I'll be more me tomorrow oh than I was yesterday because if I keep on living because of the the mere mere fact and reality, yes, that he thought enough of little old James yes. to wake me up this morning. Yeah. That 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 in and of itself yeah. is it was a an indicator that I've yeah. got another chance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No. And, no. and and even in that, and hold, let me say this right quick. And even in that marriage, because yeah. I shouldered the responsibility. Yeah. Because I got bigger shoulders. Absolutely. I took the, bl- I took the blame. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I thought it was the noble thing to do. You know, let, let yeah. me go and take this blame. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She's perfect. I'm a mess. I messed up. Everybody, let, let them blame it on me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everything I did, even with my children. Yeah, you can have everything you want. Yeah, you can do this. But then when Thanksgiving came and I'm sitting at home by myself or when Christmas came and I'm sitting at home by myself or when I'm sitting up in this apartment because I've been in a house for 17 years, right, with a family and I'm sitting in the house and guess what? Silence sounds like noise because I'm the one that had to make the adjustment, right? Y'all still did fish on Friday night and Brenner on, so you know, and all these different customs and things that we had. But I got to make this adjustment. And 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 you understand that was a tough, tough adjustment. So people under people gotta understand that when the divorce happened or when the separation happened, when the break happens, there are more than one affected party. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, and it is selfish for us to think that it's only one way or one sided or one thing. I want to pause something, and I need to come back and. I want to talk about something. I'm going to take notes like you this time. That's what I've been doing. But I want to pause something and say something. This is what, and I need to, I cannot wait to see what my next husband does for me. If my late husband brought me to this level, right, um, then I cannot wait to see what my next husband does for me because it's going to give me more opportunity to grow. One of the things that I've learned in my singleness is that I'm not there yet. I've not arrived. Uh, the proper man, uh, proper man in my life, um, we will change again together. Like I will grow into another version. So when you said every day into my most authentic self, I will grow into another better version of myself because he's going to come in and pull another level of me out. He's going to come in and pull another uh, another version of me out because when I become his wife, I'm no longer Jermaine's wife. Mm. Like I, when I'm not Jermaine's wife, I'm his widow, but I'm not his wife. So I'm no longer Jermaine's wife. And whatever I did with Jermaine was done. And whatever That's I do good. with my new husband Talk. will be according to the assi- the new assignment. See, this is the thing that we tend to forget. Even when we are going from divorce or we're going into new relationships or even our singleness is an assignment. Mm. When we come into a new assignment, you have new instructions. <laughs> tweet it. Y'all can tweet that. Tweet it, but give her her credit. Tweet it, but give her her credit. You a new assignment. There's going to be new instructions. You cannot come into new relationships. Let me talk about some scriptures. One can't put new wine in old skin. You cannot come into new relationships and new assignments with the same mentality that you had from your old assignment. 
my late husband is going to make me better for my new husband because I know all the other things that I didn't do well when we were married because I've had time to reflect and grow. But when you come into a new assignment, it comes with new instructions. That's with every friendship. And unfortunately, unfortunately, because of trauma and issues or whatever, we tend to go in new situations with old information, trying to treat them the same way the last situation that we came out of, but God is trying to divinely orchestrate us into a new season because this new person comes with some new instructions and a new way of doing things. So you can't go carrying information uh, from the old season to the new season. You got to let the old season information die and let the new season information become revelation. Walk into the fullness of what God called we miss seasons because we won't break cycles. You, you're killing me over here. I'm dead. You know what I tell people, LMJ? I tell people all the time, the, 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 the greatest enemy of originality is the template. Because we want to put a we want to put a one size. You see me over here dying. I'm about to. I, if I could just lay down in the bed right now, I would. I promise. Because I'm just, I'm just resting in what you're saying. But the greatest enemy of originality is a template. Because we want to put a one size fits all approach on no. every situation. But no. explain this to me. If that's the case, if we could do that, why did he give us all different fingerprints? Absolutely. I mean, of the billions of people that are on the face of the earth. We all got our own fingerprint. You need. But we want to be put in a category, right? <laughs> and we, you know, we want to. Why would I try to make my walk like your walk? My walk can't be like your walk. My relationship's not going to be like your relationships. I can glean from what you're telling me and take and use the information and put it into a space or a position that positions me for better. I can take your mistakes that you made and put me in a position for better. I can take your wisdom that you have and put me in a position for better. But what I have to walk out is unique to the assignment. I am a teacher by trade. I can give the same assignment to every student. So I'm not talking about multiple choice. We don't live life in multiple choice, A, B, C, D. A lot of us treat life like that, but it's not. Life is full of essays. Life is full of passages. Life is full of uh, chapters and stories that we write out in our book when we follow the the prompting of God, right? Mm -hmm. But if I give a, a, a test or an assignment to students, what is going to happen is no response will be the same and no response should be the same because culturally we're all impacted differently. Experiences we've all been impacted differently. But here's what I know. If I want to fulfill the assignment and complete the assignment, right? Not looking to make a perfect score. You're never going to be perfect in any relationship. Then it's important for me, which is a whole nother subject, for me to get the information I need in order to complete the assignment. It's the same thing that we lack when we go into new relationships. We don't gather the information we need for the new relationship. We stick to old information, old processes, old ways of doing things. And we can potentially kill a new relationship by going in with the wrong information for the assignment. I'm going to say this again. 
every new assignment that we walk into, every relationship we walk into has brand new instructions. It's for us. I have five sons. All of them have different personalities. My first three sons, I always tried to operate from a space of compliance and containment. Because that's all I knew. We're going to comply, compliance and conformity. I want you to comply and you, I want you to conform. I want you to that's what I thought parenting was. Well, that's bad parenting. Compliance and conformity is bad parenting. So when wisdom began to come to me, as I began to walk in with these last two sons, because there's such gaps and times in there, I began to realize compliance and conformity isn't how you operate in relationships. You're trying to produce a robot or a, something manufactured or something machine when we're emotional, we're beings and everything else. So once I got to uh, thing one and thing two, my last two sons, the little brothers, right? The brothers, we call the big brothers, the brothers. And then I called them my littles. Once I got to littles, even though there's nothing little about them, I had to realize compliance and conformity was not going to work if they were going to be successful. So I had to seek the face of the Lord. Someone asked me how. I had to seek the face of the Lord for the vessels that he had given me if I was going to potentially be a good steward. I am going to say this. There is no relationship in my life that's happenstance. If you come in my life, I am spending a significant amount of time praying about how you're supposed to be in my life. What's the role in my life? I don't, I, I'm not saying I don't make mistakes because I make mistakes, but what I don't do is handle people haphazardly. And the reason that I don't handle people haphazardly is because you belong to God and how dare I mistreat what belongs to him? How dare do I misuse what belongs to him? How dare I blow off what belongs to him? If he has brought someone into my space and in life, it is my responsibility to spend time in prayer asking the Lord, what are the instructions for my assignment? I did not get this. I used to be so abrasive. I used to mishandle people. I used to cut people off without realizing I may be cutting God yeah. off their life. I had a strong cutoff game and I thought this was healthy and it was not healthy. Not. Aggressive, aggressive behavior. You don't love someone and leave them without explanation. Come on. Even if your explanation is, I don't know. You don't care for God. God says that clearly in the scripture. How you gonna love me that you don't that you don't see, but not love your brother and sister every day? Me so well, but it don't show up in people that you're dealing with or that you're living with or you with. So I had to grow up over the years and realize I didn't have all the answers. All my ways weren't the right way to do things. Um, I had to humble myself and realize I can't assume because you're a man that you like this. This is I'm coming in with information of what I feel like you like. And one of my aunts that mentors me told me that I was like, you know, I'm working on this. And she said, work on that for you because you don't know what your new spouse is going to like until you get in the space and grab the information. And then you can work on that for you. Like, Work on that for you. So I started working on me and my single time for me, not for what I will become. 
for who I was in now yeah. and in the moment. So it left yeah. me in a place where I had to dial Lakeisha Ellen because I'm very intellectual. I had to dial down the intellectual being who always wanted to see her life go in a certain direction. And I had to mature myself to let the shepherd be the person that really truly led my life. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, so let me, so let me, so you said something a minute ago, you said you, 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 you kind of, you were operating on the principles of conformity and, uh, and, uh, I got it written right here. I did write it down. Compliance and conformity. Right. And so I I think, I think when people operate, because a lot of, a lot of people do that. A lot of people do that, especially, uh, in the sing, when single parents, I'm not even going to say single mothers. I'm going to say single parents, right? Yeah. But I like to believe that if you operate with that platform, those are two; those are symptoms of insecurity, right? Yeah. Because you don't let the child. Everybody want to make a mini me, you know. what I'm saying I want you know because it's easier to do something that you know, as opposed to letting the child grow. Isn't it funny how when they plant roses, they put them in a box? Yeah. Because they just don't know how they're going to grow because they grow so wild. So to yeah. control the growth, they put a box around them, right? And I tried to do that with my children. I tried to put a box around them, but I made the box large enough yeah. <laughs> to give them room enough to grow. If they wanted to get a little wild, they could get a little wild. You know what I'm saying? They needed to do certain things. They never did, thank God. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't raise robots. I remember, um, I think we talked about this. I went to the school one time. Because, and we're going to get back to relationships because I want to make a hard pivot in a second. But I went to the school one time and the teacher had been telling, talking about how my son talk so much in class and he was doing, I didn't go this time. I'm sorry. My ex went and I was talking about how he talked so much in class and how he was disruptive and all these things. I'm like, well, dang, he don't even talk at home. Why would he do that at school? So I walked in the classroom. Oh, the next time first, she was surprised to see me. Then she went as far as to say, you know what? He does this and he does that. And he does that. And he does that. And I said, well, I got two questions for you. First of all, does he finish his homework early? She said, yes. I said, second thing is, Everything you just described to me sound like qualities that will make him a leader in the future. Should I put a lip? Should I put a lid on those leadership skills? She said, you're right. Because she had put him in a category. You know, when I go into a barbershop, if everybody's haircut looks the same, that's walking out. I'm not going back to that barber. Because everybody's not looking different. Yeah, because my head, you know, my natural pattern might be different than somebody. Somebody else's pattern might be this way. My pattern might go this way. So I ain't, I'm not going back to him. So it takes somebody, a really unique and, and gifted person to look at a tree and see a chair, right? So it, yeah. takes a, it takes a unique, gifted person to look at a child and see greatness, you know, and not be threatened by that greatness. You know what I'm saying? Because it takes a unique and gifted person to see a fragmented person whole. I was getting there. I was getting so let's so now, now I want to make a quick hard pivot because I don't know how long I got you tonight. I've been yeah, 15 gonna, minutes, you know, I'm going yeah, to bed at nine yeah, o'clock. Yeah, I know she gotta go to bed. She got her coffee and conversation in the morning. So y'all, get, it, y'all better it. share this. If y'all want some more more good, y'all share it right quick. Y'all got about 15 more minutes, yeah. and then we all here. So let's hard pivot. Let's talk, let's talk yeah. about today. Let's talk about today. Because yeah. whether we know it or not, and hear me well, people, my folks, <laughs> my my compadres, as my daughter says. Black marriages mm. and black relationships wow. are under attack. Yep. Hear me yeah. well and when I say that. No other demographic <laughs> is attacked so intentionally to yep. try to do th- they they try to do things to subliminally suggest and we're and lured by satanic suggestion sub- subliminally suggest that black men aren't good fathers that 
we are no good in relationships that you're supposed to this 50 50 mess that's going on right now and somebody's supposed to take care of you and all these types of things this let me give you a good a good math equation for marriage because Keisha, everybody, Keisha, everybody loves to say one plus one equals two. That's not marriage. Marriage is one times one equals one. I, that's why Keisha just, Keisha just said, I, I want to become a better version of myself. So if I become, if she becomes a better version of herself, I become a better version of myself. And two people with real good versions of themselves yeah. come together and, because the, the, the Bible said the flesh came together and made two became what? One, it didn't say we made two, no. but somehow along the way, now you got yours, I got mine. <laughs> you know, you got your account, I got my account. You got your credit, I got my credit. You got, I mean, my parents both got 800 credit scores. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They both yeah. looked out, you know what I mean? All of these yeah. things because they understood the whole concept of growing together. But the satanic suggestions, the subliminal suggestions have suggested divisiveness. And guess what? A lot of us listened. Yeah. And a lot of us answered. Yeah. And a lot of us responded. And what yeah. it's done is, is it's caused us to redefine or to represent what marriage used to be as opposed to what it is now. It's, it's a whole different. We, we, we got a real, real issue. Yeah. And that's why we're necessary. Yeah. Well, I think, too, the thing that um, we have going on right now is we've put marriage in a box that fits our comfort. And uncomfortable doesn't mean it's not God. Uh Um, But we treat marriage often. Can you rewind and say that one more time, please? I'm going to make a reel out of that statement right there. I promise y'all going to say that again. doesn't mean it's not God. Like. Uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable does not mean it's not God. It's just uncomfortable. And it's so funny because it's not a biblical thing, but we're always, oh, Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Well, here's my thing with this. It's not necessarily um, if we want to be, I want to be used by God. Well, here's where what I want to say. Um I, I mean, that <laughs> marriage is a sacrifice, right? Um, God may gracefully put something in your hands that looks fragmented from the beginning, but because love shows up, it becomes whole. Mm. Wow. Marriage is supposed to represent the relationship between God and the church. That's what it's supposed to be. We have lost that concept. And because we have lost that concept, you know how they always say the devil's in the details. We uh, we've lost that concept. Except the enemy presents us consistently with things that would keep us at war. You you pose the question because we ain't got it but a few minutes, and I want to hit this and come back. You okay. pose the question about the word submission. Mm-hmm. How do I feel about the word submit? I don't feel anything about the word submit, and here's I. I haven't let that word become tainted. Okay. When words become tainted, when you have a problem with it, Mm. I see submission as a different thing. Um, I don't see submission as being harmful. And actually I call it something else. I call it yielding. Okay. Um, I long for leadership. I'm just going to be real because I feel like that's the way that God has wired us. 
and it's, and I'm well educated and well versed and can hold my own. I promise I can. But that's not the point of marriage about me holding my own. Submission for me means he yields to me. We really submit to each other. That's what he that's yields what the Bible says. to me, and I yield to him. But because I properly position my heart under God, I surrender to not just the leadership of him. I'm surrendering to God. And if honor, because we, I say this a thousand times, honor is something we have lost. Because I honor God, I will honor my husband. I don't ever want to embarrass him. Don't ever want him feeling insecure. Don't ever want him to feel like I'm not on the side. I might not agree with what he's doing. I need to tell a little bit of my story because this may help free somebody from walking into something they need to do. So I yield. So let me give you one example of something that happened. My late husband thought he heard the, uh, the, my late husband thought he heard the Lord saying to him that we should move to Dallas. Okay. It did not sit in my spirit, James, at all. I did not agree. I didn't feel it. I couldn't pick it up. I was praying over it. I felt like it was the wrong move. Mm-hmm. So maybe we need to move to Dallas. We're going to go sit under TD, TD Jake's ministry. Boom, boom. We're going to build the sickle cell organization down there. Pack your house up. Resign from your teaching position at UAPB. We did this. I did it. I didn't agree with it at all. I was maturing as a wife. This was the latter part of our time. And the house stayed packed up for months. This started in January. We were packing the house up, going back and forth to da- 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 um, Dallas, looking for a place to stay, doing all those things in this position. And I just remember that the Lord was really dealing with me about keeping my heart right before him, keeping my mouth closed. House pays packed up. Uh, we living out of boxes. I've resigned my position, which the salary I had was a large portion of what we needed to sustain our house. It was the vehicle. It was the resource. God is the source. It was a resource. Salary I had was a large portion of the resource of what we needed to sustain our house. Um, so mind you, I've reduced myself to teaching only two classes online. So we probably got about $1,800 a month coming in the house with five kids. This is hard. Um, but wow. I stayed in position, stayed my heart before God. It was not easy. And we find out later that his liver is in failure. He's not doing well. And I go back and I say to him, I say, hey, hey, you... Um, I said, you're not in a position or space where we can move you at all. We're not going to be able to move you. And he says, you're right. I said, are you cool if I email UAPB and get my job back? He goes, yeah, go ahead. And then I said, are you uncool? Are you cool? Because he's not physically able to help me. Like every room is packed up. So are you cool for me to unpack the house? And he says, sure, go ahead. I email UAPB. They immediately restore my job immediately. Like this is July. I'm back in full-time position in August. They immediately, my job, get me back in there, put me in position in place, restore my rights. And the Lord says to me, because you did not complain, Mm 
I made sure your house was always sustained because you didn't challenge what he was saying to you. Wow. I made sure y'all were always good. Mm. I packaged that lesson with me today because I know it'll be another time when I'm married again and the test will come and my husband will tell me something that he know he has heard from the Lord and that I should do. And I won't agree with it. Mm. But it is more important for me to honor him than it is for me to be right. Oh, Lord. Uh that was a good. I don't usually agree with that dropping the mic thing, but that would be that would have been a perfect place to drop the mic. That would have been a perfect place to drop the mic. Yeah. You know what? That's a good stopping point because <laughs> uh, that's a good stopping point. Uh, did, y'all, if y- did y'all like the show tonight? Let me know if y'all like this. Sh- if y'all like the show tonight, and y'all want us to keep going, we'll probably do it anyway. But if y'all want us to keep yeah. going, yeah, drop drop a one in the chat, drop a heart mm-hmm. in the chat, drop something in the chat, and uh and let us know if y'all want us to keep going. Uh, Monday nights. Keisha, hopefully at the same time. Uh, yep, that's where we're, we're going to yeah. be. We've got some stuff. Yeah. I want to do this real quick while they're dropping their ones because we know. Drop your ones now. Drop your ones. Drop your ones. Drop some fire. Drop a heart. Fire. Yeah, people coming in with fires with hearts. I want to. I want to do this. I need to do a shout out right now because I think it's important. Um, I want to shout out. I wrote this one time and it says, "Shout out to all the beautiful black men." I know. I just wanted to take the time to recognize your hard work, mm-hmm. your creative genius your tenacity to live above the stereotype, your ability to provide for your families, the sacrifices you make and the love you show, to be strong, bold, and courageous, even when you're in pain. Whether you know it or not, you make a difference in the lives of those around you. I wanted you to know from a woman, from a sister, that I appreciate all you do, see all the effort that you're putting forth And I want to tell you, keep moving forward and be encouraged. I think this conversation going to heal some relationships Mm. where our women become whole, where our men can show up in spaces where they have not been admired, where they have not been loved, um, where they are hurting and in pain and no one seems to care. I hope we're going to have conversations that will heal our race, heal, start the healing in our communities position us in a place where we see growth and where marriages will begin to happen again because all women ain't the same. No, all no. men ain't the same. We got to let we got to release these boxes we keep putting people in. Boxes are containment. We bury bodies in boxes, right? Mm-hmm. We uh we contain cereal. Boxes are for containing things. Relationships we're never meant to be placed in a box. We go to church. We worship a God. We quote scripture. We move around. But we are in deficit when it comes to our relationships. We are wow. successful in careers and bragging and boasting in that success. But in deficit when we come into our relationships, we gonna have to get into a humble position so God can go to work and change lives. He will. And he's able. He is so able. So tell him one more time. And you know, I got to turn on my music. Hold on. Tell him one more time. What time in the morning? 
6 a.m. Uh, we'll be live on the devotional. Um, and it's different, you know, it's God created me colorfully different, um, inspirationally sound, theoretically sound, I try to be, but I speak a lot of time by the spirit and we do a lot of application. So we would love for you to join us on Coffee and Conversations with Akisha. You can check us on the Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Instagram Live. And you can catch the replay later. Um, I love y'all. <laughs> I'm glad I'm here. Thank you, James. I got I got two more minutes. Don't leave me yet. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> no. but no, I'm just I'm joking. No, but no, real talk. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you where we're starting. We're getting started. Uh, I think you called it the single files. But, uh, hey, Sharon. Yeah, we're getting ready to start the single yeah. files. Yeah. We're going to start talking yeah. about what's marriage material and how to become Ooh. married. Yes. marriage material so uh, yes. let's get ready for that if you want to support this platform you can support it like I said one of two ways you can either do it by stars and uh, or you can do it uh, by cash app of course anything you send me on a cash app half of it will go directly towards LMJ ministry that's you know, this oh, platform you, so that's how that would flow because uh, we are working together so I hope y'all enjoyed it and y'all saw the hearts and I saw the chats and I mean, the ones and I saw the fire so I think they enjoyed it so yeah. look forward to next week. Monday, yeah. We're going to be very intentional about how we put these reels out and some of these messages out. Yeah. And we got some stuff we didn't get to tonight, but y'all are here next week. All right. Yeah. So as I, t- I, this is what I say when I close. This is what I say. I say that the world is changing. Mm-hmm. But my question for you is, why do you remain the same? You have Ooh. a good night. And uh, we'll catch y'all on next week. Watch my music come back one more time. Hold on. All right. And y'all go be loved today. Love is an action word. Go be loved and action. Word. Tonight, the rest of the week, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Consumer Reports published a study showing 95% of supplements on the market are contaminated and contain magnesium stearate, which decreases absorption and increases a toxic material in the body, which has a lot of pesticides in it. Many companies are labeling it as a vegetable steel. Central Silver has at least three dyes that are listed on the national cancer list as a potential osmogenic. Most of the minerals in it are in the form of oxides. Oxides oxidize the body. That means they rust the body out. At Immune Wellness Pharmacy, you will receive supplements that are dispensed in glass bottles. They're vegetable capsules with no additives, no dyes, no fillers, no preservatives, no magnesium stearate. To know your body is absorbing the nutrients it needs, stop Immune Wellness Pharmacy. That's pharmacy with an F. Go to immunewellnesspharmacy.com to shop now. Immune Wellness Pharmacy, restoring optimal function to the human body. Body.